Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everybody, and, and welcome to the podcast that just took three of four out of Detroit and, and probably couldn't have scored any more goals than the Stars did last night on Jonathan Bernier. Uh, it's time to do a little bit of stargazing. Back with me is co-pilot extraordinaire Logan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. I am back. <laughs> I'm just, I, I thought I, I needed something more pithy to say there, but I'm still in shell shock from the, just the volume, the way that last night's game unfolded. It just, it broke something deep inside of me, I think. You know, four games against Detroit would break anyone. My soul feels slightly broken after four games in six days against Detroit. Of all of the teams, Detroit. Like Tampa Bay, like we we have seen me cope with multiple games against Tampa Bay. But Detroit is just, you just sit there and like your teeth hurt by the end of it because you're grinding them going, how is this team this bad granted they're not columbus <laughs> it could be worse so it could be a lot worse and it's it's also like it's one thing when it's a playoff series because those are two teams that you know theoretically have by that point legitimate stanley cup aspirations and there's there are stakes um this is like a random late season one team is actively rebuilding you know the other's a mash unit so it's these forced it's not quite the what was it the seven game stre- or five game stretch that's um, Arizona played against, uh, was it St. Louis earlier this season where they just kind of moved in with each other for a while. Right. <laughs> it's not quite that level of insanity. And, and of course, Dallas did get stomped one time in, in the whole deal. So let's start, let's go ahead. We're going to talk a lot about the Detroit series. We're obviously going to focus on, um, on the end of the, the end of the season and the stretch that we have coming up. So we'll talk obviously about the stretch to close out the season because shocking, shocking awe, it's, it's going to be pretty big. And then we've got a, uh, Logan has a special announcement that we're saving till the end of the podcast. So don't, don't tune us out until you hear the outro credits, um, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to dive right in, um, four games against Detroit, critical games against Detroit. Actually, let's let's look at the entire stretch. So two against Columbus, four against Detroit, really the last cream puff stretch on Dallas's schedule, 12 available points. We're going to start big picture. They get 10 of 12 points. Visual reaction, Logan. What do you, what are you feeling about that? Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> so like if if we'd been recording this podcast 30 days ago, I would have been like call it the season's like dead on arrival. It's done. Like there's no way with the way they're playing and then the results they're getting that they are going to have any chance at that last playoff spot. And now we're at the point that we're normally at in a normal season where we're watching them be a bubble team and going, Oh, they might actually be able to do it this year. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but that was six games against the bottom of the division who are just hurting for the sake of pain at this point and relatively easy to beat up on. Right. So now it's the real test of can Dallas take that energy that they found and really, really just put on a demonstration of against Columbus and Detroit. Can they take that into Carolina, Tampa Bay, Nashville, rinse and repeat <laughs> through the next <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the classic adage, right? You can only play the games on your schedule. And so, yes, this was, you know, it was one, it was a little bit strange to call this a make or break stretch because Dallas was 
playing the schedule patterns of the division of the disco. But at the same time, 10 of 12 points is still 10 of 12 points. And yeah, the loss was ugly, but you don't beat any team in the NHL four times, you know, unless they're the Buffalo Sabres, right? Like the, the league is not structured to allow for sustained success. So, you know, you had to think that they were going to drop. I remember Assad had a great perspective heading into it. We're saying that, you know, nine of 12 was the target. And that was, that was the, you know, positive and they did better than that. Right. And so I think on the whole, if you're Dallas, you're thrilled with how that went because you, you got some bodies back, right. Um, you managed to avoid, now, you know, you've got Klingberg and Miro that are now on the day to day or the game time decision bandwagon, but they mostly played and, and Rupe mostly played. And, and so right. the team, you know, Sagan is legitimately on the horizon. So you're starting to get a little bit of health. You won, you know, you lost once, um, and and you even had a little bit of adversity, of course, talking about last night's insane Jonathan Bernier performance that will just – I mean, how many times – we were joking about this in, in the pre-call, right? How many times has this generation of the Dallas Stars team headed into an important game and pulled the classic like, oh, they did everything but win or they were good enough to win but didn't? And had I'm sorry, some the entire the entire run <laughs> of the season thus far, like <laughs> right and to have some a hole like Jonathan Bernie. And I believe this is not a personal judgment. I'm sure he's a delightful human being, but someone of his stature as a player, right? This isn't exactly vintage Patrick Waugh coming in and, and spoiling, you know, raining on the parade. But how many times has, has this Stars team had the door slammed in their face by a relative journeyman, right? So I remember watching last night was really that feeling, like, oh, that's that's going to be this game. And instead of, you know, 9 of 12, it's going to be 8 of 12, and we're all going to be having our heads in our hands and lamenting right. another, they, they were going to Stars it up. But of it course, felt Hero. Like this must have been what Toronto felt like last season, watching their own emergency backup goalie in net against <laughs> them and stonewall them. Like that's what last night's game was like. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, the, the and the only the quib, the only quibble I'll make is like it wasn't you know the the e bug game. You know, give credit to Carolina; their defense played miraculous that night. This Detroit was terrible objectively bad and still winning and so of course goal hero mark pissett comes through and then you know the other the other bit of that is i think it's something like 12 points in his last 17 games or maybe i have that flip but you know jamie ben has been on a heater for the last month and and you know really happens yeah they needed it and they needed him last night and he answered the bell still stole the puck in, in in the neutral zone skated in two on one looked off john you know Use Dennis Gurionov as a decoy and just buried it, right? Let's go home. This is, this is, it was a, right. this is stupid. I want to go home now. <laughs> give me, give me the points moment. And we lost to Detroit yeah. once in this series. We're done. We're packing up. We're going home with the win. <laughs> and it, it turned out significant, right? Because at the same time, during the same stretch, you know, Nashville and Chicago were having sort of a definitive moment of the season, right? This was sort of Chicago's last chance to remain in the conversation for the playoff spot. And of course, Nashville responded with, with you know, two wins and an overtime loss. So Dallas got a little bit of help, but not a ton and really needed to make a move and, and credit where credit is due, right? Yeah. You can, you can look at the loss and you can look at the near loss and kind of roll your eyes and say, here we go. But at the end of the day, right. As we record this um, Sunday night, Dallas has 52 points. Nashville has 54 points. Dallas has two games in hand. So, you know, and they've got the head to head. So that the quote making the rounds is from a certain perspective, 
Dallas kind of controls their destiny from here on out, which is where I want to go next, Logan, because I'm going to immediately query you and say, true or false, Dallas controls their destiny from here on out. I think they do. Unfortunately, the other part of controlling the destiny is who they're going to come up against. And they have a gamut to run between now and when they face Chicago at the end of the season. They they have the top three teams and Nashville ahead of them for the next two and a half weeks. And it is not going to be pretty. The, these are We're going to have another back-to-back. We're going to have some ugly games. They're going to have to scrap. But I think... If they take the energy that they had against Detroit, especially like last night's game where they just in the third went, nope, this is not how it ends. This is not where the story ends. This is not the final chapter. There is an epilogue. (laughs) We're getting this done. (laughs) If they take that mindset in against Carolina, especially tomorrow night and Tuesday, they are going to be hopefully coming out, you know, bloodied knuckles, exhausted, drenched in sweat, but controlling their destiny. <laughs> so, and let's talk about that, right? So two points back, two games in hand. The The next week, basically, Dallas has Carolina twice, and that's a back-to-back. So Monday, Tuesday, they've got, they've got the Canes rough. They've got Tampa Bay on Thursday, and then they've got that circle your calendar head-to-head against Nashville on Saturday. So that's four games, right, never really leaving the upper echelons of the Disco Division. Nashville, on the other hand, has uh, where here we go. I've got it in front of me. Nashville's got a pair. They've also got a back to back, which is good. They've got Monday, Tuesday against Florida, which again, top of the disco, still a lot to play for. Those aren't going to be, you know, those are going to be tough games. Downside is then Nashville gets a break, right? They're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before the head to head. So it's one of those, it's one of those situations where. Dallas does control their destiny, right? Because if they win all of their games and they're ahead of Nashville and they win and yay, we all, we all celebrate the, the downside is right. Games in hand are only is about only valuable if you win them. And, and the way that it looks is Dallas cashes in one of their games in hand this week, and it's going to be against either the, the bolts or the canes. And right. those are not easy games. Right. And, and I know there's been a lot of fixation on Chicago twice to close out the season that back to back. But it and could thinking, be hey, sewed up by the time they, they yeah. get to Sunday. The what is that? The second the night. Yeah. Sunday. The, oh, I was, the I was sorry. I was, I was <laughs> where I was going next. I'm a week ahead. There There is a world in which for all we're talking about this one going down to the wire and down to the end of the season. Right. There is a world in which this race is over by the end of the week. Because Dallas, you know, not to because, you know, four wins, including the head to head and you're the stars and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're up four points and, you know, you've you've kind of come through it. And that's maybe it. Right. Flip side, if they stumble and if they stagger and maybe they drop two, you know, maybe they drop a couple and then lose the head to head, then all of a sudden you're thinking, where are they going to make up the grounds? So like there's, there's They've a world struggled this season against Carolina and yep. I mean, Carolina is top of the division for a reason. So they've, they've struggled against them. If they drop one of those games, what, what they need at that point then is like Nashville to choke in one of their back to backs and yep. for them to drop come a out game against Columbus. Against maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I think the good analogy for this, this upcoming week for the stars is the, the Battle of Helm's Deep from the second Lord of the Rings book and film, where 
They spend three days and nights fighting this army against all odds. They hold them off. They are cornered in the back of the like of Helm's Deep, about to be wiped out when Gandalf comes riding down the hill with reinforcements, <laughs> right? Like that is the hope that we're holding on to is that on day three, look to the sun. Gandalf will come over the hill with the backup plan. And the backup plan is Nashville chokes in a game and we get at least three wins out of the four in the next seven days. Like that's, that might be the most nerdy use of my degrees in literature I've ever used at a podcast. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm a, I have, I have all day for, for your, your Lord of the Rings metaphors and, and, you know, getting into it, right. If we look at the last 10 and this is, this is why you know, we're talking about how fine the margins are, right. Dallas actually has the best record in the district disco over the last 10 games. They are seven, one and two in their last 10 and that's great, and we're all very happy about that. The trouble is, Nashville is six three and one, right? So they're they're one win poorer and one overtime loss poor. So there's not that's a three point stretch, right? Florida five four and one, Carolina six one and three, Tampa surprisingly five and five, right? So it's one of those where Dallas has been better, and they've certainly looked more like you know capital D Dallas lately. Right. But they did dig a hole and it's not like the teams ahead of them have completely fallen off. Like they're going to have, they're going to have to earn it. Right. And then they're, they're going to have to be the team that, that was kind of expected at the start of the season, still dealing with some, some bumps and bruises. And, and, you know, we, we have to figure out like, is, is Tyler Sagan, is, is he going to be reinforcements? Right. Because there is a world in which if he can go and and not even 100 percent. Right. Because I'm, I'm thinking back to the playoffs where, you know, he was clearly playing very limited. Right. We found out later he was playing on one leg. He didn't score a ton of goals, but watch that playoff run. And he was vital to this team's he success. He was creating so many great chances and so many plays for like the young guys around him. Like even even if he's not, you know, down, you know, swatting at the puck, you know, at the doorstep, he is still critical for them. And, you know, as, as KT is, is saying in our, our chat, that's the first time I've heard Tyler Sagan called Gandalf and, you know, <laughs> you know, Nashville choking on a game or two might be Gandalf coming down the hill. Tyler Sagan is definitely Gandalf coming down the hill. Like he, he is, he is something like we have as fans have been hoping and holding on for all season of, if we can just get to sometime in April, Tyler Sagan will come back and hopefully healthier and stronger and, and more kick butt than than he has been in a long time. And that could be a real shot in the arm for the Stars as they run into, you know, after the Nashville game, they play Florida and then twice against Tampa Bay. So it doesn't get any easier after Nashville. So if he can come in for those three games after Nashville, I would I would say a cautious sigh of relief <laughs> would happen. And, and <laughs> it, it's it would especially definitely like, be a bigger sigh of relief if Dallas does not do as well this coming week, especially. Yeah. And positionally, it's also vital considering where you know we've talked a lot about how part of why things have been so rough this season is it's sort of just like the playoffs when the bottom six got obliterated. This season's been the top six, right? And so the injuries have been particularly concentrated and, and, and especially at center lately, like the part of the resurgence has been necessity pushing Ben back into the middle spot. And you're having to play. And I say this with love in my heart, you're having to play, you know, everybody's sweet baby. Why don't they make the entire plane out of Jason Dickinson's face, Jason Dickinson on the top line. And, you know, you're having to you just, 
you know, you're, you're having Pavelski have to slot into the middle a little bit and Ben having to play a lot of center and you're putting, you know, you're, you're relying on Justin Dowling in offensive situations and, 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 um, and Jason Dickinson and, you know, Roddick Fox, like the, the guys that they're having to lean on in this position, even a, even a portion of Tyler Sagan helps that a lot and gives all of the sudden yeah. Dallas, because the, the, the problem kind of historically, right, is right now Dallas can't really throw too many looks at you, even even a little bit healthier, but get Sagan back in lineup a little bit. And all of a sudden you can juggle a scoring line and it's not just, well, hopefully Robertson, Heinz and, and Pavelski get it done tonight or hopefully Ben goes hog, right? Like it's it's there are different looks they can throw, which is will be maybe the first time Dallas has been able to say that since the first week of the season. Right. And even if they only get Tyler Sagan from the last playoffs back, that is still a huge improvement from what the the black hole of the last like six weeks has been. Basically, that that is going to be a huge difference, especially for being able to slot in and fill some of the gap that's been left in the lines by Radulov being just shut down for the season having someone to come in and really help out is going to be a huge difference and i i am just kind of waiting with bated breath to see which game they decide to throw him in because i i have a feeling he's not going to come in until at least nashville this week because i i really think they wouldn't want to throw him in against the wolves right of of the top you know two of the top teams right away they would want to ease him in with nashville and then turn him loose after that against florida and tampa bay right like make sure he's got his skates under him <laughs> before they yeah. go hey have fun <laughs> i mean you say that if, if i'm if, it, you know for me it all comes down to is he capable right there's there's an old and it's i can't attribute it to a single coach i'm sure somebody said it first but i've heard it from enough differently but it's definitely not me so this isn't me trying to steal anybody else's shine but the old adage of like if a guy's on the bench he's a player Right. And you can't you can't bring a guy back with an innings cap or with, you know, with with a pitch count. If, if he's on the bench, he's got to be somebody bonus can trust without having to worry about. Right. So, you know, if, if I'm Dallas and if he's ready, like in a perfect world, you get him back for one of the, you know, maybe the second game against Carolina. Right. How how phenomenal would it be again, even if he's not Especially all caps underlying? Exactly. Team needs a little pick me up, a little bit of energy, a little bit of an emotional boost. How nice would it be for the group to have 91 on the on the roster heading into a critical game against Carolina? Right. Second half of back to back Tampa Bay looming Nashville after that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're sort of like it's been a long season. The injuries are racking up. But hey, wait, we got a guy back. Right. Something exactly. else, something good happened. And for the younger guys on the team who have played with him and trust him and know how to play with him already because of of the long stretch in the playoffs that they worked with him, that is going to be a huge confidence boost for them because even though the lines will be shifting to something totally new to accommodate him coming back in, they know what that shift is going to be. So they're not trying to you know, get used to where do they need to be looking for their line mates to set up a play to take a shot. They yep. know because it's Tyler Sagan and they've they've had time to play with him. And uh, he he could strike some fear into Carolina. Just just that would be great if he could do that. <laughs> and I think as well, like if if we're staying staying firmly in the bright side category here, is is at the same time like what the playoffs taught us last year is there are there are certain players like playing limited, playing hurt, kind of there is an art to that. Like it's not just as simple as going out. You know, there's there's a physical awareness to okay if I can't be me. 
how can I get as close to that as possible in a way that helps my team? Right. And, and this is where maybe last season's playoff run helps because if, if you're Tyler Sagan, like been there, done that, right. He actually has some repetition and experience being in a position where it's like, okay, I'm not going to have every tool in my tool bag this game. Like I don't, I don't have the, you know, whatever, right. This X isn't working. The hip's not ready yet or contact, whatever. Right. He's been through a run where he's had to figure it kind of figure that out, right? Okay, I can't do everything. What can I do? How can I help? And you have to you have to hope if you're a Stars fan that his experience learning that lesson, which again, in my opinion, he was very successful learning that lesson in the playoff run last year. He he made a lot of, you know, there he he was sound defensively. He won faceoffs. He progressed the puck. He involved his line mates. It didn't always manifest in a ton of points and a ton of offense and a ton of everything, but he didn't get caved in and he occupied minutes and they were productive minutes, generally speaking. And, and at this stage of the season, like a, a productive, you know, this, if, if you add a, and again, this is maybe on the downside, hopefully, but like adding a productive middle six winger to this roster right now could be an enormous impact based on where they are. The difference between, clinching and missing out by a point. Mm-hmm. It really could be that difference. And and Tyler Sagan knows that kind of pressure. I mean, he's he's a top draft pick. He's he's been on a Stanley Cup team before. He's taken this team to the final. He he knows that level of pressure and isn't going to get the yips because of it. Like that that's a great part of him coming back is is he's not like you know, like hints or like Dickinson coming back from this where he's, he's a, like middle towards the top, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, knows that pressure, but not really like how to like operate under that pressure. Sagan like eats pressure like that for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm that based. that's also a great thing is knowing you don't have to worry about how that, you know, rush for the playoffs is going to affect him. Yeah. And you know, then, then once you're past that, you've sort of got just your other your other random and, and just to close it out right so over the course of um let's see i, I was pulling up shoot up shootout stats while you're taking i think i'm trying to figure out the time frame anyways tyler sagan is um here we go he has 60 attempts 30 goals 50 percent, which is definitely upper echelon in the you know if you factor out the guys that have like 10 shots that are shooting 80 percent right. like that that 50 percent range that's and again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I think it's all time. I'm fairly certain this is from the NHL record. So I'm pretty sure it's all time. That puts him at 17 or sorry, 20th, um, 20th of all time, which is, he is a good, again, this is he is a good shootout player. Right. And so the way that you just, the reason I bring that up is, is you were talking about how, you know, the margins look at Dallas's record, look at how overtime has caught them. He coming back, even if he can't necessarily make an impact at even strength during the game, like even if he's not banging in one timers on the power play, like even if that stuff isn't happening, he could be the difference between winning a shootout and losing a shootout the way that this team has been going, which or winning in overtime versus going to shootout too. Yeah. Because it's such a a much more compact. (laughs) time than 20 minutes like that's I mean he could be the difference between going to five minutes of overtime versus like a minute 45 (laughs) so and we've we've seen that before from him you know he he loves to score in overtime against his former team like we we've seen that so we know he's good for it it's it's just a question of um is he ready for it physically and And that's the key you know only time will tell they they definitely need him to be 
And um, especially considering the other thing I want to touch on real briefly here is again, over the course of the last six games, right? We've, we've added sweet baby Miro to the game time decision list. John oh. Klingberg has now missed time. Um, ah. The it's, it's getting, <laughs> you know, we had, we had Sammy Vatanen on the top defensive pair. Well, I guess, I guess Miro's pair is the top pair, but we had, we had Sammy Vatanen slotting into John Klingberg's normal spot because they didn't want to break up the rig Miro chemistry. So like, right. yeah, things are still it's awesome. It's not the training right? room that they go to. It's the triage room at this point. Just, this oh point. my God, mash unit. Like seriously. <laughs> this team. And so, you know, that's, that's going to be, I think, another storyline for the Dallas Stars is how how well have they, you know, I think I think it was Saad, it was some maybe it was maybe it was uh, Brian Ray, somebody on Twitter had this. This is you know week eight of going through this, you know, four games and and six nights or whatever, four games and eight nights, whatever the insanity is, right? This is this is you know week eight of the schedule that everybody freaked out when that Vancouver had to do it once, right? And right. so health is an issue and it continues to be. And so it's, it's going to be the, 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 the guys that they can scrape together to win these games. It's going to be very fascinating, hopefully in a good way to see how Dallas rolls through the next couple of weeks. And guys that they wouldn't normally scrape together, right. You know, with the taxi squad, with the call-ups, they, they have, mm-hmm. you know, names that wouldn't normally be getting that time in a normal season because it's a short season because it's, you know, all of the, the rules changing, you know, taxi squads and everything else with COVID, it, it is a very different set um, pool that you can draw from. And I think it's actually been good for the stars to really kind of plumb the depths, yeah. see where a lot of the development is and who's going to be ready to go for a real season, hopefully in the fall, if we're, if we're lucky. Um, and I, I think that's actually been something that has been to their advantage with the absolutely bonker schedule is there have been injuries, but there has been a lineup 10 deep of guys ready to step in. It's just a matter of have they developed enough in the minors in the AHL to be ready to step in. And, you know, part of, part of the season is for that is giving those guys time to develop. It's a shorter season. It's not as Mm -hmm. impactful long-term. Like, yes, there will still be playoffs. Yes. You know, there's a Stanley Cup waiting to be won, but it's it's really to keep the the momentum rolling for the league, for all the minor leagues, for the you know the domino effect right through throughout the world of hockey. And I, I think that for the stars has been a benefit of this, of forcing yeah. them to really trust the young guys because that's something the franchise has struggled with. Of they do great drafting, they do great development, but there's something in the disconnect about development into trusting them enough to keep them consistently in the lineup night after night in the big leagues and this season and the injuries specifically have forced them to come to terms with that. And I've actually been quite pleasantly surprised by what they do with the lineup. And it's, it's just a matter of, do they keep that same mentality going into next season or do they go, it was the weird COVID season, scrap that back to what we know. And everyone's like, but we saw the rookies are good for it. (laughs) Yeah. And to, to illustrate your point, I'll give you two, right? They're probably going to need a big Jake Ottinger win in the mm-hmm. next nine games to make the playoffs. Like probably need at least at least one Otter Otter win, maybe more. Two. Yeah. And then the other piece is the version of the Dallas Stars that makes the playoffs might be the version that puts the Calder on Jason Robertson's mantle. 
you know, I think he's, if memory serves, he's two points back and he's not going to have the flash that's that, you know, and, and just for the record, this is not, I'm not one of those that's going to crap on the other guy. Like both Kaprasov and Robertson have had tremendous seasons and des- either right. one of them is deserving, but if Dallas and has is done incredible play- things with rosters that have dealt with, that have struggled yep. this, this season, like that, that in itself is an incredible feat at their age. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my point here is that given, given the kid out of Minnesota, the flash quality, like, you know, his, his goals have mm-hmm. been of the highlight variety. Um, if, if Robertson is going to catch and or pass him in the Calder, he's probably going to need a narrative along the lines of performed big down the stretch, took the rookie scoring lead, got his team into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he needs, he needs just, just the way these awards work. Right. Robertson's going to need narrative help. And, you have yeah. to think he's going to have an opportunity to get it over the next, you know, two, two and a half weeks. Exactly. And, you know, that's, I think that's part of the problem with, with the NHL awards is if, the, if they're not consistently yeah. on the highlight reel, it's like the people choosing the awards just have like blinders on for anything that isn't like ESPN's like top five saves of the night, top five goals of the night kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's, it's like, okay, so yeah, like the, the, the comparison is you've got Captain America. And then you've got, you know, before we found out S.H.I.E.L.D. was full of Hydra agents, you've got the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, right, that help keep the rest of the world safe while Cap is battling the aliens in New York. But wow. the guys, Lord of the Rings and the Avengers, I'm loving this. Yeah, the guys <laughs> keeping the rest of the world safe while Cap is fighting the aliens in New York deserve just as much credit as Cap fighting the aliens. So, like, Kaprizov definitely deserves praise for what he's doing, but Robertson should be talked about just as much because like, look at what the struggles he's had to deal with this season with the stars. Those stars were tanking so bad in February. People were going, are, are, are they going to be mathematically eliminated before March 20th? Like right. And, and then we have Jason Robertson who is just doing incredible things, but not with the flash. He does. It's, yep. it's like, he doesn't like having flash. He's like, just let me do my thing. Let me get the points. I like to have fun. I don't try to make it like I'm not doing trick shots. And, yeah. you know, he. I think uh, we need to start a Twitter campaign. Get Roberts in the Calder. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, I think it's it's his – he's got – the as we record this, um, Kaprasov has 41 points. Robertson has 37. So okay. – and I think there's – I don't I don't, I don't don't know the games played, frankly. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to bother looking it up. I know that he has. So let's see. Okay, here we go. 47 for – uh, the kid in Minnesota versus games played forty-two for Robertson. So. has been like long awaited in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I know that. Like the Wild fans have been eating up KHL highlights from him for more than a season. Like they they were just dying to get him on the team, and and he has been a shot in the arm for that roster, especially with how many pieces they lost in the off season. So that's. Yeah. Good on him for for filling some really big skates in a team that is very clearly rebuilding. <laughs> and also to your point about Tyler Sagan, good for him walking into an environment with the weight of expectations and mm-hmm. at every single turn justifying or exceeding those. So this is not a this is not a a Cyril hating podcast, but this <laughs> is a like J Rob's thirty seven points count just as much. And if he gets ahead, and if Dallas gets in, then you really have to make a, you really, there's an argument. And I think it was Jackie Redman. I, I think it was her, but um, someone from the NHL network had a really good 
um, a really good video over the weekend just talking about this isn't saying either one of them is bad. This is right. saying that it's not a foregone conclusion and we need to stop right. acting like somebody it's not it, it is not a runaway. And if for anyone that has been paying attention, it has never been a runaway ever since Robertson got himself into the lineup for good. This has been, you know, he has been better, if not, you know, just as good as, as Kaprasov and, and he deserves to be it, it deserves to be a who can win it conversation. Exactly. And, you know, again, because Robertson isn't making the highlight reels, people outside of the disco aren't clocking that he's part of the conversation like that. That's part of the problem is unless you are watching Dallas games, you are watching like division news, you're not seeing that this kid in victory green is doing just bonkers things yeah. so it, it's uh yeah if time you're to not start if you're not up on the up. <laughs> if you're not up on the like points per 60 and primary points per 60 versus secondary if, if you're not into <laughs> if you're not into separating power play scoring from five on five like if you're not getting it's it's one of those like um kaprasov has more goals and he definitely has more highlights and he has more points right so again this is not a, mm -hmm. a downer where where Robertson is is ahead is getting into that next level stuff where you could make a case that Robertson has been a more effective player game game in and game out at even strength than Kaprasov. And if you yeah. take away power play production, which again, maybe you shouldn't, those points count too. But <laughs> if if you're making a case for Robertson, your case starts with during more difficult circumstances, he has been better and more productive and mm -hmm. he has been elite. You know, he's he's in, you know, he's in, I think, the top 10 in the NHL and sorry, he's in the top three in the NHL in points since the start of March. Right. So you, you you can make some really strong arguments, but you can make some the other way as well. And we'll just have to see much, much like Dallas is his playoff dash. Right. This is likely going to come down to the final few games of the season. And, and, you know, even if they manage to settle the playoff question, there's a good chance that Robertson enters those last couple of games against Chicago, looking for a couple of nice stat patterns to, you know, shades of Jamie Benn's secondary assist, putting him ahead of Jonathan Tavares for the art Ross. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Ah, With the in-game announcements about what was going on, as everyone in the building is going, is he going to get it? Is he going to get it? <laughs> yep, because by that point, there was nothing else that mattered about that Stars season. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> and so it'll be it'll be interesting. But, you know, um, as with everything else, we're just going to have to see what the next couple of weeks look like. And, mm -hmm. you know, Wanted to close out, as we mentioned, there's, there's an announcement, Logan. Uh, this will be, sadly, the, the well, not the last, because hopefully you'll be back, but you're, you'll be stepping away from the site for a hot minute. Yeah, this is uh, my final season with uh, Defending Big D and SB Nation. Um, I, I have been with both for ooh, three and a half years now. Um, Gosh, it's yeah, it's almost more than that. It's it's almost four at this point. Um, and it's you know, it wasn't a decision I, I made lightly, but um, you know, this this spring I I finally got a job that is perfect for me. I, I get to work with my best friend every day. We we work in the same department. Um, we're we're doing some really incredible things that I I'm really excited about. Um, you know, I've I've got my my billet kids in the WHL, so being able to focus on on them and 
their absolutely wild season. They finish the same day that the stars do. <laughs> so we're, oh we're trying to like get through having two 19 year olds in the house and all of the pasta that comes with that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I turned 30 last month and it, it led to a lot of self-reflection of, you know, how did my twenties go? Where do I see myself at the end of my thirties? And, and what do I need to start doing to get there? And, um, you know, I, I think part of that is going back to being just a fan of, of hockey and enjoying it and not getting overly critical and so emotionally <laughs> invested in it. Because if, if anything, this season has been a lot, <laughs> I think that might be an understatement, but, uh, yeah, the focusing last season on and a half really being a billet mom and, you know, my, my crazy, wonderful, wild, wacky job that, that I absolutely love. Um, and, you know, focusing, focusing on my health, you know, I'm, I'm just about a year out now from my knee reconstruction and finally like clean bill of health for that. Um, so I, I'm able to start doing things again. So just trying to focus on rebuilding my life, you know, as, as the pandemic hopefully starts coming to a close, rebuilding the different pieces of my life to the point where I want it to be. And, and for that, you know, I, I have to step away from SB Nation, but I am so grateful for all of the time that I had uh, with, with the organization and the things I learned and the people I met and, um, you know, the, the staff that I've been able to work with. I, I am going to miss all of you so much. And the fans too, you know, it, it was such a joy to be able to live tweet road games every season from the account and, and write snarky articles for the website. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, there was a lot of good. Um, and it, it also made me really critical of hockey in a good way. It made me really conscientious of it, of, um, you know, being a queer woman in sports and watching this sport that I love not love me back has been one of the most devastating things. Um, so, so that's my, my hope is that the league continues to change, you know, that, that they do more than just changing their Twitter profile picture and giving out some t-shirts that they actually talk about what they're doing in the community and, um, not saying that they're actively engaging with the community, but that they actually engage like, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's so much bigger than just words on a, a tweet at this point. Um, and and that's something that like I, I really wouldn't have spoken up about before working for SB Nation. I would have just very quietly stayed in my own little lane on Twitter and and now I'm like, I don't care who I take off on Twitter. Like I will open my mouth and talk about like this sport has to change. <laughs> uh so thank you, SB Nation, for for giving me the courage to like happily like piss off the Twitter trolls. It's it's actually kind of enjoyable. Um <laughs> uh, but I, I am going to they miss doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna miss you and KT as my, my co-pilots for this. Um, and yes, I will happily come back anytime you guys ask me to, especially in pride month to give you my hot takes as the rainbow person that I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a bittersweet goodbye, but it's a goodbye with excitement about what comes next. You know, it's, it's, it's the end of Lord of the Rings where, Frodo has saved the world and he gets to go, you know, out to the West with, with Gandalf. I was say, and is this, is this after he also saves the Shire or is this, is this like leaving Gondor in the Lord of the Rings or leaving, <laughs> you know, cause Wormtongue screws some stuff up before we, there's a, there's a, 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 
a little bit of an epilogue tension there too. It's it's after all of that. It's like after okay, everything's okay. good as far as I know. I'm going now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> one more oh, literature reference for the road. But yes, um, it's it's kind of surreal to be sitting here talking about leaving. You know, if you told me a year or two ago that, that this would be my last season, I would have been like, no, I've I've covered my team in the Stanley Cup. I've 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 covered the day the world of sports stood still in the wake of, of protests around the nation. I've, you know, I've, I've gotten to meet incredible people and learn incredible things. And, you know, it's, it feels like a good time to be transitioning, um, into interesting avenues and and crazy opportunities. Just being a fan. There's nothing wrong with that. And a, uh, billet mom who, uh, listens to the kids talk about, I just, really want to get a goal. Like, I know it's a weird season. (laughs) (laughs) So they are currently winning. Last I looked they're they're in the middle of a game right now against a a big rival. So I've been hearing some shouts from the living room from my partner and I I think it's going well. (laughs) They're good shouts. I love the, the, any sports fan knows the difference between the winning shout and the losing shout. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, shout of, you know, when my Cubs were winning like 16 to four over the Mets versus when they were losing like 10 to three <laughs> So <laughs> against the same team, I would like to point out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that is very much the difference of the shouts. <laughs> well, sports are fickle. Well, it's, it has been a pleasure um, riding alongside you, podcasting with you, obviously. I'm very much in the so long, not farewell camp, but mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm, it's been a, it's been a ride and I look forward to hearing what comes next and absolutely having you back on from time to time. Uh, we'll do one last stupid prediction for, for the road and no, (laughs) no constraints, just, just one last stupid prediction for us. Oh God, all of my predictions have been horrifically wrong this season, (laughs) like not even close to being right. And I just, I don't want to jinx anything. Oh, oh. Um, I'm going to predict Nashville doesn't make the playoffs. All right. So it's going to because... be your fault, whatever happens next, good <laughs> or bad. Or or how about, no, no, wait, I'll take that back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. <laughs> I'm like Can you unpredict? No. I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a ruling from the booth on this one. <laughs> Tyler Sagan gets a goal before the end of the season. <laughs> All right. All right. KT. We'll take it. <laughs> no. <laughs> KT's keeping it in. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's our Toronto has ruled. We've we've called it all. It's a it's a good prediction. So you, there's a bonus prediction then. We get a, a Tyler Sagan goal and a Dallas Stars playoff appearance are the the predictions. <laughs> I love it. And Wes, what's I your prediction it. for the ending? Ooh, my prediction is those, you took the good one. Again, you took the good ones. Um, <laughs> I had to. It's my last one. <laughs> I think they make it. I think they pull it off. I think that they, I think that this group, you know, as they proved last postseason, you know, that they have, they're close enough to, to achieve the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's enough talent left over. There's enough pride. There's enough work. Like for all, for all of the ups and downs this team has had so far this season, they've showed up and they're finally in a position where there's a, they, they have an end in sight. And if anything, the playoffs will be easier than the regular season. So I think that with this group, that's, 
that's going to be like dangling raw meat in front of a hungry lion. And I think that they've got they've got one last nine game stretch of hockey in them. That's going to be good enough to get, to get, to get back to where they were last year. I mean, they've they were one game away from having it all, and they want it. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's my that's my this season prediction and my my stupid outlandish longer term prediction is I also think that that Dennis Gurionov this this year was a blip and he'll be back. This isn't a we've we've made some some comparisons to stars past this. This was a bad year from a sophomore player still figuring it out. And it's not we're going to look back on this as, OK, this was the season where he kind of figured it out. And then he'll be he'll be a lot like Heinz and or Hintz and and. We'll we'll look back on this fondly, not look back on this while we burn our Gurionov jerseys and lament what might have been. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the benefit of the COVID season is, you know, the, the WHL has a short season as well. And it's basically just become labeled the development season. Bring all the yeah. rookies in, develop them. Nobody cares about the standings because there's no playoffs. So, you know, if the NHL kind of takes that tack for going into next season of whatever bad happened, it's like, it was a short season. It's not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> yep. So that will be, so we'll just have to see. to see. And and hopefully we can get you in one, one, one more time at least before the end of the end of the season and everything becomes official. Yes, absolutely. But, we'll see. but it was a pleasure. And again, the, the stretch starts tomorrow. It does. All right. Outro. Stargazing fans. <laughs> this is Logan signing off. <laughs> I love it. Take us home. <laughs> mm-hmm.